Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. I'm your host, as always, Jack Kavanaugh, joined, as always, by a man who probably could have helped the Detroit Lions yesterday because it was not the best game that we saw, a man who maybe would have picked off Lamar Jackson like he did so many times throughout his career picking off all these quarterbacks. It's the one, the only, all-pro safety, Glover Quinn. Yes, sir. Oh, Glover, that game, that game, man. How you feeling? Yeah. Uh, not great not great um sorry cam is texting me um not great you know it was it was you know i've always said on this show you can kind of tell by how the defense starts off and a lot of times when you give the other team the ball first or they take the ball first or whatever you call it they go down and they score a touchdown the way they did. Hardly no resistance. Lamar Jackson looked locked in from the first play of the game. They're having trouble getting to him and getting him down. He's standing back there in the pocket, throwing and get the ball. You know, I don't know what happened to Jerry Jacobs, but then it seems like the Lions, I don't know if they feared those guys but the DBs looked like they were just giving them way too much cushion, way too many easy completions for Lamar. Not enough pressure. I mean, 20-yard pass after 20-yard pass after 20-yard pass. We made Mark Andrews look like he was a Pro Bowl tight end again, like all these different things, right? So you saw that early in the game. When you when I saw that, I was like, uh-uh. And then when they were talking about the wind and how bad the wind was blowing, and then offensively, we get the ball and go three and out, and then we give it right back to them, and they go right back down like a hot knife through butter and score again. And now it's 14-0, and you've taken three offensive plays. I knew then it was going to be a tough day, and it didn't get any better the rest of the day. Didn't get any better. Didn't get any better. Um, they didn't have any way to stop the bleeding from just being able to slow the game down. I mean, I think they went three and out the first three possessions. Yep. You know, the Ravens had 13 first downs and they had zero, right? Like couldn't stop them. I don't even know what they were trying. You know, I don't even know what they were trying to do because it was difficult for me to, I don't even know what they were trying to do Um, defensively. I don't know what their game plan was. I mean, the linebackers seemed like they were not tackling the running back. I mean, I mean, I I just don't know if the game plan was merely to stop Lamar. That didn't get executed. I don't know what they tried to do. I literally do not know what they tried to do offensively or defensively. And, you know, sometimes offensively, you can't even get into what you want to do because you're down so quickly. But you can't, like, you got to be able to answer, you know. They go down and score like that, you got to be able to answer. 
You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to answer. That's kind of like, you know, and I'm a, I'm in a little baseball world right now, you know. That's like a, a team going out and putting up a long inning in baseball, scoring five or six runs, and then you come up the bat and you one pitch, ground ball, two pitch, fly ball, three pitch, strikeout. And now it's five, six pitches, and you're done, and you're right back on defense again. Like – you got to find a way to stop the bleeding. And they didn't do that at all yesterday. At all. Not at any point. And after that first three and out, it's okay. Well, that's not good. But, you know, there's there's a chance they settle in. And then after the second three and out, it was at that point, it's, oh, no. The, the defense can't stop them to begin with. They're just letting them go march down the field. And now they're just right back out there. They're just going to be exhausted throughout the game. This is going to get worse and worse. And then it did and like you said i don't know what the game plan was i don't know what they were trying to do on defense because if they're trying to stop lamar they didn't do a good job of it they would let him run around the pocket for nine plus seconds at one point so they didn't stop him they didn't have integrity of any of their gaps in the running game and when lamar would kind of roll out they would play they'd come up to him thinking he's gonna run and then he'd just dump it over the top just it almost felt like the game plan was react to the first thing you see. Oh, and now the backup, the, the counter punch of the Ravens is now yeah. wide open. And I, t- and I told you that was going to happen. I told you, I say, Lamar can run around. We need to be able to plaster in our coverage. When he takes off running, we can't just go up, especially the DBs. Now, the linebackers, I kind of felt like, you know, if you're the guy that's supposed to trigger, you got to go and trigger, right? But the DBs, we got to stay in coverage because watching Lamar yesterday, and like I said, I haven't watched him, the Ravens, as much this year, but watching him yesterday, it looked like he is scrambling to pass the ball. He's standing in the pocket, scramble out, stay in the pocket. And he's trying to throw the ball. When he absolutely has to run, he runs, picks up 10, 15 yards, gets out of bounds. And he looked like MVP Lamar Jackson yesterday. He literally looked locked in from the very beginning. And the Lions had no answer. 13.2 yards per attempt from Lamar Jackson. That is ridiculous. And the one thing that killed me the most, maybe out of everything, was the fullback, the 300-pound fullback breaking a 28-yard reception. Just no one around him in coverage, and then 28 yards later, you finally track him down. And that just felt like a symptom of the game. There was no one around to cover anyone, and then no one around to make the tackle. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's a scheme thing. That's them. That's the Ravens just out-scheming the lines because they know, hey, if, if you're responsible for this guy man-to-man, once you see him block, you green dog, you trigger, right? The problem is, as a way to execute that, you have to green dog through your man. So if that linebacker is responsible for that fullback, if he blocks the defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson, you don't get to just blitz through the B-gap. If you do that, you have to make a call, some type of Frisco call, some type of something, whatever y'all the language is, to tell Aiden Hutchinson that if this guy kicks you out to block you, 
you have to now take him man to man. But as a linebacker, you still don't get to blitz the B gap. Why? Because if Aiden Hutchinson is the contained, the outside defender, if he now has to take that man, you have to blitz and become the contained outside defender. Otherwise, Aiden Hutchinson takes off running with the fullback. You blitzing up the B gap and Lamar Jackson runs around the end and you got the same, probably a worse situation because now Lamar is better in the open field than the fullback. But the minute the fullback kicks out the block, Aiden don't pick him up. So that's not a call that was made. The linebacker feels like, well, he's not going out, so I'm finna blitz right through the B-gap. I'm not going to have integrity and blitz through my guy just in case he do release. And now everybody else is in man-to-man, and you got the fullback running wide open. There's nobody around. I mean, that's just all scheme. That's film study. That's knowing how they're going to play. That's taking advantage of a guy that they've seen on film. Hey, man, this guy right here just, okay, we got something for him. And that's what you do. And they did it with a the big fullback because if you do it with a running back or a guy that can potentially be a pass threat that you know, then maybe he plays it differently. But you you never expect a fullback to go out like that, but he did. And it's just a symptom of the entire day for the Baltimore Ravens offense against the Lions. And when Dan Campbell talked about it after the game, he said it wasn't the energy. He felt the energy was good, which – you think, okay, a, a game that's 38 to six, the energy is obviously off. Dan Campbell disagrees with that assessment. What do you say? I think the energy was off from the very yeah. beginning. <laughs> I, I didn't feel any energy. I felt like they were lethargic. They didn't have any juice. They didn't have anything. They didn't, they, they didn't, they just didn't have it. And I don't know if it was just because it's two weeks on the road. I don't know if it's just, I don't know what it was, but they didn't have it. No energy at all. I didn't see any energy all day. I didn't. I didn't see it. I no. I didn't. I didn't see any energy all day. Um, and I mean, you know, it happens. I guess, you know, I wouldn't. I can't say that I would put as much stock in it as you know the media and everybody's going to put in it because, you know, I vividly remember back in two thousand and. 12 i believe 2011 2012 we actually when i was in houston we played the ravens like week seven week six it was a houston's red out game battle red day and we smacked the ravens probably 42 to 11 or something like that like just completely obliterated those guys ray i mean i ray allen ray lewis had tore his by triceps or something in his arm, right? They were in turmoil, and we didn't let them off the hook. We smacked them, and they ended up coming back and winning the Super Bowl that year. So um, it's not the end of the world that you got smacked early. You know what I'm saying? You just got to get back to the drawing board. Yeah, good teams sometimes get smacked around. When the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, we all remember they got blown out by the New Orleans Saints 38-3. to Sometimes it just happens. Look at the Dolphins twice this year, 31-17 last night, though it was a little bit closer for most of the game than the show score shows. 48-20 to to the Bills. The Eagles lose to the Jets last week. The Niners lose to the Browns. The Bills now lose to the Patriots after losing to the Jets in week one. So good teams can lose games like this 
I just didn't expect them to get embarrassed the way they did. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing that got me was they they seemed like they didn't have an identity with David Montgomery out of the game. That's what it seemed like. They didn't have an identity. And like I say, you you come out and you give up a drive like that and you don't respond. You don't show any kind of like, all right, they just went score. We finna go and score some kind of way. We finna O-line. Like, we finna go and score. They want to play ball today. We going to play ball today. It was kind of like they went and scored. They brought the intensity to us, stopped us. They was playing with energy, swag, celebrating. We was just out there. We were just out there. So I, I, you know, like you said, you didn't want them to get beat that bad. And, you know, and I felt like they had a, they had a couple moments, right? The game was bad, right? It's a bad situation. But it's NFL football. And you get the ball back before the half. And it's like, okay, this is a situation where, hey, let's put together a good drive and get some points. Because we get the ball right back after half. You turn around. And you go from 28 to 0 to 28 to 14 just because you score before and after the half. And now we got a totally different ball game. Yep. We don't get points before the half. We drive all the way down in the second half, don't get points. And then we give up an 80-yard touchdown or 80-yard whatever. And you know what? I didn't even get to see the play because I'm watching it. I had baseball yesterday. So I'm watching it on my iPad, YouTube TV, watching the Sunday ticket. That's the only way I can really see the Lions play. Um, here in Houston, has to watch the Sunday ticket. And at 28-0, when the Lions got the uh, got stopped on fourth down, they come on and say, all right, the game is 28-0. We're going to put it on a more competitive game. We're going to put it on the Atlanta Falcons and whoever they were playing. It's a 10-10 ball game. And I'm sitting there like, I don't want to watch Atlanta Falcons play. Right, I'm watching on my iPad. I want to watch the Lions play, but they're not showing the Lions anymore. The next thing you know, two minutes later, I get a notification on my phone, big play alert, Lions, Ravens, 80-yard play. And I'm just like, oh, heck, that that did it. I said, I don't know what happened, but they stopped us on fourth down, backed up, and then we give up an 80-yarder, and I still haven't saw the play. I don't even know what happened. I don't even know who scored or what it looked like, but I saw it was an 80-yarder, and I just was – frustrated didn't even cut the ipad back on i saved my battery so i can watch the astros at the game last night and then they end up losing so it was just an awful day yesterday for me but it's okay because today is a better day and the astros will win and next monday i'll be in detroit at the monday night game so they'll be ready to go it's gonna get a lot better for from here on out that will happen Unfortunately, though, it was an 80-yard reception by Gus Edwards where he was wide open, and then the people trying to track him down in coverage from behind were two defensive linemen, and finally in the secondary at, like, the 10-yard line, a safety stops him, and it was just embarrassing. It's embarrassing to see your 230-pound running back break an 80-yard reception. Right, so why we got d lineman chased? And was it a screen or something? Yeah, something like that. Screen? It, it didn't look like a screen. Like, it kind of was a screen, but not quite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Like almost. Yeah, I don't know. It just was all bad. Just all bad yesterday. Just bad football. Just bad football. But the silver lining is because I'm always going to look for a silver lining. It is what it is. The last time, and I think you brought it up, the last time the Lions played like that, we all remember December the 24th, New Year's, Christmas Eve, whenever it was, on the East Coast against the Carolina Panthers. It's awful, awful, awful game. And they rectified that, ended up finishing off the season well, starting the season off well. So the Lions just had that awful game. We'll look for them to go another six or seven games and be on fire. I remember, like I said, I keep going back to these times in my career. We started out my first, my my last year in Houston. We were, I think, six and one, seven and one, something like that. I think it was seven and one. And we had a Sunday night game against Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers completely lit us up, straight lit us up. You know, Sunday night football, we lose the game. Now we're seven and two or we were something like that. And then we went on to win another five or six in a row and got to like, I think we finished off the season 13 and three or, you know what I'm saying? Like some, so it happens. It doesn't mean you're not a good team. It just means you had a bad day, right? So I will feel if I'm a Raiders fan, I would be very afraid coming into Ford Field on Monday night because it's time for us to get some get back. Oh, yeah. And Halloween too. Detroit Halloween hosting the Raiders coming off a bad game like this. Oh, you know, they're going to be fired up. It's, it's like you mentioned with the Panthers last year. It was the same thing. They got embarrassed. They turned it around and they were strong down the stretch. And there is some hope. There's always some hope with the Lions. Jameer Gibbs, it took a while to get him going, but he looked pretty damn good. 11 carries for 68. That's over six yards per carry. Nine receptions for 58. That's almost six and a half per reception. 20 touches, 126 yards. I'll take that. I just wish it happened more in the early portion of the game rather than later in the game. Right. And, you know, um, like I said, I thought he looked pretty solid. The little bit that I got to see the touches, I saw the touchdown run on the highlight. I didn't see it actually live because I told you they had cut the game, so I couldn't even watch the game. Um, but hey, like I said, it's always a silver liner, right? He got more touches, he got good. He showed that at least the hamstring held up, maybe a little sore this morning, but the hamstring held up. And like I said, I think going down the stretch, all those things will come back to benefit the lines. So Great job for him to get himself going. Great job by the Lions getting him involved um, because they needed something, you know. And I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't know if the win was a factor. But I don't know if we – have we even just tried Jameson on just a deep ball? They threw him a ball late in the game. and So the interception Goff had, that was a deep ball to Jameson right. Williams. It's fourth down, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. and uh, there's some miscommunication there. Anyway. When are we going to take a first down play action shot to James? Yeah, there. when are we going to do that? When are we going to do that? You know, but I don't know. Maybe Jamison Williams is not showing in practice that he is ready for that. I don't know. I wish I had answers. I wish I knew, but we do have a chance to regroup here. How do you regroup heading into this one? Do you watch the tape? Do you burn it? What do you do here? You know, a lot of times you 
watch the tape because you guys are a good football team. You're still five and two, right? You're a good football team. But you watch the tape in a teaching mode to show that if we don't show up and play and execute, this is what will happen to us, right? We're not one of those teams where we can just overcome bad playing because we're just that much more talented than everybody else. We just have superstars that we can just beat guys, right? We have to play smart. We have to play fast. We have to play physical. We have to be disciplined. We have to do those things in order for us to stay in the games. Otherwise, it's not good for us. All the games that we've won this year, defensively, we've been really good. And it's allowed us to stay within ourselves offensively and just wear teams down. We're not really built to come back from 28 points down, 21 points down, right? We're not really built for that. Our offense is not really designed for that. We like to run the ball, play action, shorter routes. We don't really throw the ball super deep. We just don't, right? So we're not built to have those 80-yard plays, two drop, two plays, 80-yard drive. We don't, we're not really built for that. So we can't allow ourselves to get down like that. So defensively, we have to do a better job some kind of way. But like I said, when you're on a good team, you have to be able to win multiple ways. So if the defense is struggling, Jared Goff, you guys have to put up points today. Yep. The week before, the defense held them down to six points. The defense has been holding down for the most part all season except for the one game. So this is a game right here where offensively, hey, the defense ain't got it today. We're going to keep us in the game. We're going to keep us in the game and allow our defense to make one or two stops and we get a chance to win. But if the defense is not in the game, the offense isn't helping, it's going to be tough to win. And against the Raiders on Monday Night Football, we need a strong showing from the defense, strong showing from the offense. And this is, I think, the perfect kind of team to get right against. They're three and four. They just got pretty embarrassed by the Chicago Bears, lost a big game to them, beat the Patriots the week before, but that was with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo misses this week. Looks like he might be out another week with a back injury. So it could be the Lions going up either Brian Hoyer or rookie Adrian Martinez. Either way, it doesn't matter who show up. Jimmy Garoppolo, they can bring Derek Carr back. It doesn't matter. The Lions got to show up. It's going to be homecoming. The legends will be in town. You got to show up. Should be a great weekend. It's Halloween. I know the Lions fans are going to be pumped up. The costumes are going to be out. Should be a great night in Ford Field. I'm going to be there. GQ, I'm going to be there in the house. In the house. Haven't been back to Ford Field since I left. That's big. That's Haven't big. been back. Excited. So I'm excited. Yeah. We're excited, excited to have you back. That's I'm huge. Going to give a pregame speech? I doubt it. I mean, it's going to be a lot of, it's going to, it's going to be a lot of legends there. So, you know, I doubt I'll be giving a pregame speech, but I'll be there, you know, and if I see my guys, I mean, when I see my guys, I'm going to, talk to my guys because they're my guys 
you know. But it'll be good to get back and see some of the guys. Talk with a couple guys yesterday that are going out, so it'd be fun. Um, homecoming weekend, homecoming weekend. It's crazy. It is big time, big return of Glover Quinn GQ back to Ford Field for a big win against the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to be keeping our eyes out for the Lions social media team when we're watching the game too. You know that at some point GQ is going to pop up on that screen, so we're going to be watching, and I cannot wait. <laughs> you know, I'm trying. I don't know. I ain't going to say anything, but I'm trying to get some stuff, trying to get something done while I'm out there. So we'll see if it works out. And if Ooh. it do, and if it do work out, I'll definitely let you guys know. And then we're going to really turn up, we'll really turn up there. Can't wait to see what you're cooking up behind the scenes. This is going to be an exciting week. And that's the beautiful thing about football is, you know, it's a tough loss. We've still got so much excitement to look forward to. One last thing I do want to ask you about is the trade deadline. It is coming up. I can't remember if, if it's a week from today or if it's the Tuesday. I think it's the Tuesday because they let the Lions or yeah, they let the Lions play. But trade deadline's coming up, and we're hearing a lot of names floated around the line specifically. Three different positions, two mainly, and then one guy at wide receiver. But at edge, Brian Burns, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, they have all been linked to the Lions and other teams, but they've been linked to the Lions. Jalen Johnson at corner, Adoree Jackson at corner, Dante Jackson corner, and of course the crown jewel of all corners available potentially is Patrick Sertain, but he's probably not getting traded. And then Hollywood Brown has also been linked to the Lions, and if they traded for Hollywood, that would be kind of a big indictment on Jamison so far. So do you think the Lions pull off any of these moves or maybe a different move for something like a little more depth? Well, you know what? I don't know if they pull off any of those moves, but I will say this right here. Given what happened yesterday, that will make the Lions make a move. I don't know what move, but the Lions, we've all, I've always said this, right? When you get around this time, you're five and two. So you are a potential Super Bowl contender. What do I need? to help me get there. What have we noticed over the course of these first few games that we need, right? And I will say, in my opinion, just from watching, getting a big play wide receiver, if they don't feel like Jamison is that guy, I haven't heard Marvin Jones' name called in three games. I don't know if he's playing. I don't know if he's healthy. I don't know. But we can't just get one or two catches a game for 14 yards from Marvin Jones. I'm I'm honest. And that's, and that's my guy. I played with Marvin, but if we're going to be a Super Bowl contender, do we need that? Right. When you look at the secondary, I said it from the very beginning, cornerback depth, right? Will Harris play well in the slot. He didn't play as well on the edge, right? So Jerry Jacobs went down. I don't know why they didn't go to Gilmore, but they went to Will Harris. I don't know. So do you add some depth at the corner position just in case Jerry Jacobs or Cam Sutton, one of those guys go down? Because you are a legit contender. And so most of the time when you are a legit contender, you are buying at the trade deadline. 
when you play for the Broncos, you play for these teams that are no longer really contending for anything. They are selling. They are getting rid of players that, hey, we're not going to be winning this year. We're rebuilding. This guy cost us a lot of money. He's this or whatever it is. So we're going to make some room. We're going to get him out here. We're going to get some draft picks. We're going to get whatever we need to get because we're in rebuilding. And then you have some teams, hey, we're trying to win right now. This guy can help us get over the hump. What do we got to do to make the trade? So I would look for the Lions to be buyers this 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 trade deadline. I don't know who they're going to buy, but I would look for them to buy something because I do feel like they are a legit contender in the league. And I'm glad you still feel that way because I do too. There's a lot of fans out there panicking. Oh, well, you know, we only beat bad teams and then we get blown out by a really good team. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are a pretty good team and we did beat them. Falcons, pretty good team. They're not a great team, but they're a good team. They're head of the NFC South by themselves. And thankfully, the Lions have a game and a half lead on them because they beat them head to head. So I'm tired of the panic. I get it. It's easy to be negative after yesterday, but the Lions are still a top three team in the NFC. Still probably a top five, six team in the AFC as well in the entire NFL. So I'm still happy. I'm still excited to see Monday Night Football against the Raiders. And I'm excited to see GQ at Monday Night Football. Going to be looking out for you on the socials, on the Jumbotron, on the game film, wherever. Wherever you see a, a screen of the Lions game, make sure you're looking out for GQ. Yeah, I'm going to be there. And, if and you know, the Lions got a couple of events, community service projects going on. You see us out. Come support. Um, I know my guy Tully got an event going on Saturday night. If you can come out and support, come out and support. We're back in town. Let's turn up for the D. Turn up for Detroit, man. Let's go. Let's go. I cannot wait. Any final thoughts? Any other things you want to talk about before we get you out of here? Lions fans, don't panic. This is the course of the season. This right here is how you build your character. It's always easy to just win, 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 win. You build your character by you winning, you're losing. You got to deal with the tough. You got to deal with people turning their backs on you, saying that you're not this, not that. That's all a part of the journey. Stay on the train. Don't jump off the train. Don't jump off the train. It's week to week. This is just how it is. This is why when you see when you see guys win championships, Super Bowls at the end of the season, NBA championships, or that's why they're crying. Because they remember the journey. They remember everything that they went through to get to this point. They're not crying just because they won. It's thinking about everything that they went through, the ups, the downs, the doubt, the injury, the pain, the hurt, the sleepless nights, the everything. And we finally won it. So don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Come out. Support us on homecoming. Let's go. Let's go. Big win coming from the Detroit Lions this Monday against the Raiders. We'll be back to preview it all. But until then, Stay on the ship. Don't jump off the train. And we will see you next time. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.